Is sales a learnable skill? I'm assuming if you're listening to this, sales is something you would like to learn more about. So stay tuned for today's show. I'm joined by the amazing James Newell from Clear Sales Message. James has got a brilliant way of breaking down everything within sales into something very clear and very simple. So some of the things that we're going to cover, how to unlock your sales potential, how to make sales like a paint by numbers system, how to build sales confidence, how to create actionable components that anybody can learn, loads and loads of different stuff, loads of great content within uh, this show. So please rate and subscribe to the podcast. And as usual, if there's anybody else that you think could benefit from it, please share. Final thing, any areas of sales or marketing that you would like assistance with, please let us know so we can make sure that we produce content in the future that will help you to overcome those challenges. Always remember, it's not what you sell, it's how you sell it. So for those that don't know James, James is with me today. I get introduced to lots of people, sales trainers in the sales world, and I find that some people know what they're talking about and some people clearly don't. And when I first was introduced to James, I could tell straight away that he knew what he was talking about. And I thought I'd love to delve a little bit deeper on some of the stuff that he's doing and some of the stuff he helps people with. So James, for those that may not have had the pleasure to meet you yet, do you want to give a little introduction to you and how you got to where you are and what your plans are for the future? Yeah, sure. 100%. You had me right there for a second. I thought you were going to say, I didn't know what I was talking about. Whew, we sidestep that <laughs> landmine. So yeah, my name is James Newell. I teach people how to sell for a living. So my approach to selling is it comes in two very distinct components, two parts. So it starts with having what I call a clear sales message, which is basically your value proposition, but being able to articulate, this is what we do. This is why you might want to buy from us, etc. So a clear sales message and then selling confidence, which is the ability to behave relaxed and comfortable and confident in a selling situation situation which most people find difficult to do and it's basically because they don't know what to do and they don't know what to say so i spent the last six years turning selling into literally paint by numbers i've broken it down into at the time of this recording about 506 different individualized components that i can draw on and then bring together if you want to find engage close follow up whatever you're trying to do I've got a way to do it and it's simple and actionable. And that's kind of my goal in doing what I do is just to demystify selling and make people realize it's a learnable skill like anything else, really. Good stuff. So just going back, like before you got to the clear sales message now, and I'm going to talk to you about the 506. I love the random numbers now. You do like that. <laughs> really, really engaging. Tell us a bit about your background then. So are you, are you one of these people, you've always been involved in sales or was, did you have a whirlwind moment or a, a massive thing that impacted your life? Give us a little background as to where you've got to where you are today. Sure. Yeah, I fell into selling. So 2006, I believe it was, I started working for Daimler Mercedes-Benz in the UK and I was a key account manager for them. So I was selling vehicles to businesses and to intermediaries on a really, really big scale. So one to 2,000 units a year. Across the time I was with them, I did about 600 million pounds worth of transactive business. I never missed a single target in my entire career with them, but I worried about every single month. And I always really like to stress that point. I never took it for granted. And maybe that's why I did so well, because I really cared about it and worried about it and made sure. But I started Mercedes. I was supposed to be there for six months whilst I worked out what I wanted to do when I grew up. And I still found myself there 12 years later. And I had this really terrible realization that you can be really, really good at something, but you can absolutely hate it. And trust me, 
I hated it, but I was very good at it. And I had one of these moments where I was, my kids were, it started to come along and I was getting a little bit old. I'm thinking, uh, if I don't do something here, I might end up just being trapped here forever. And I was looking at my colleagues who are a lot older than me thinking, you know, this is not my choice for my life. If it's good for you, that's great. But I didn't want to become you. I want to do the things I want to do. So I started, I was recommended to reach out to BNI of all places, which is how you and I connected. And I started to go to BNI literally as a visitor saying, I have a real job. I hate it. I want to work for myself, but I don't know what to do. And I'm hoping by speaking to people that run their own businesses, I'm going to piece this together. And that's where this, that's where the story began. And eventually somebody just turned around and said, why don't you just teach people how to sell? You're obviously very good at it. And my response was, well, I, I don't really know what I'm doing. It's just, it's comfortable. I have conversations people buy. It's not like a, pres I'm not following a prescribed thing. I'm just being me. So we'll just decode it then work it out. And that's what happened. 506 or seven units later, where we're at now, that's where we are. Wow. I love it. I, you know what? I had a similar thing and it was involved in networking as well. There was somebody at networking event that was at, and we were talking about something. I was trying to, I was trying to help the people in the group to generate more referrals. And I must have said something along being frustrated about why people weren't picking up and doing it. And they were still complaining that they weren't generating referrals. And I was, I was thinking, I was saying to this guy who's called Aiden, and said to him, why aren't they, why aren't they getting it? Like, it's so, so simple. Why aren't they doing it? They're just complaining. And he said, you've got to remember, they're not all like us. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, they're not all salespeople. Like they're involved obviously in sales in the business, but they don't think that the salespeople. And that was a big moment for me. Cause I was thinking, Wow. And, and then I started to think like the other people I'm thinking about, you know, one was an electrician. I'm thinking, I don't even know how to wire a plug. <laughs> Someone else was in HR. I'm thinking, I wouldn't know how to write an employment contract. And if anything, what I'd done is I'd sort of devalued the expertise and knowledge and stuff that I'd, I'd gathered over the years just because I was interested in it. Mm. And then it wasn't until that moment really that I started to think, you know what? There could be something in this because I was, at the time I was helping a lot of people for nothing. And I was doing it alongside a job that I also didn't like. Mm. So it's mad actually. It's a similar sort of thing that actually happened. I think, um, it's a, I think it's a classic path, isn't it? It felt all new to me at the time, <laughs> but I think yeah. people have a classic thing. But it's that realization, isn't it, of the things that you know are actually really valuable. So just because something comes easy to you doesn't mean it's not valuable to other people. And that's one of mm -hmm. the biggest learnings I took from that part of my life was because I found it really easy to do this stuff. Without, hopefully I say it without sounding arrogant, but I found it really easy. And that's why I was skeptical. It's like, well, how can I charge? Like, it's probably like your man wearing the plug, right? It's really easy. Take him two minutes. For me, it'd take me an afternoon and a YouTube video and I'd burn my house down. So it's understanding, <laughs> hopefully not, but it's understanding that what you, the skills and experience and everything you've got is truly valuable. And if you can recognize that, then you can sell it and move forward. I love it. So from the point that you'd realized that you, you had something and you'd been along and you know what I love they're going to go into the right people for advice. I've been doing a lot on this recently with lots mm. of people and often people get stuck in the position that they're in and it's because they go to the people that are closest to them for advice, even though they're in no way qualified to give any advice. Oh, yes. And it's where you often see a lot of people that have come from a, a you know, a bad background or whatever, and they're in an area they've come, they've been brought up in an area that's not very affluent and they're surrounded by people that are just stuck in a, a way of they're going to a nine to five job that they hate, but they think that's their life. So when that mm. person stands out, think they're a bit entrepreneurial and says, I've got this idea to start this thing. The people around them are almost worried that if it yeah. does take off, they're going to be left behind and they won't even give them the advice that they think is the best advice. So <laughs> I love the fact that you went and thought, you know what, where are the people that have possibly been where I've been and how they could potentially help me? And, you know, it must be a really lonely place to be in business without having those people around you. But there's so many good things about that you can get along to. And you know what's really funny? How many influential people and people that really, really, really know the stuff and are a lot further along in business that will help you if you just ask. Oh, yeah. And 
you know, some of the best people I know now, I would go, to, like, I would not go, go to advice for certain people because I know they don't, they're not, they wouldn't have relevant advice. So like family members and stuff like that. Great. You know, we talk about stuff, but I wouldn't even, I wouldn't ask for advice on business because they're not in business. Mm. And I'm always conscious of that thinking, right, who are the people that have experienced what I'm going through at the moment? Any sort of challenge or opportunity and think, well, they've probably overcome it. So yeah, I love that. Okay. So where you are now with clear sales message, and I love how you explained that you deliver a clear sales message and it's also the name of your business. Don't know how you work that. And then your 506 individual components. Give us a, so for those listening, let us know. Cause some people will think, how does it come up with 506? Can you break it down into 506? <laughs> we yeah. joked didn't well, we, when we met last time where there's so many people out there that will think I've got to build this framework, maybe the same position that you were in when someone said, well, why don't you decode it? They go, well, let me make this into a five-step process or my business is called clear. So I'll just find a word beginning with C, then one beginning with L, even if they're not, they're not really relevant. I think that's my thing. So do you want to just explain how you've come up with 506 and why it's not at 506 or 507? And you know, yeah, might, sure. it's probably even more after the back of this call, I imagine. It will be, I'm sure. Uh, that's why I'm not sure if it's six or seven because overnight I've added one. But I'll just pick you up on that actually about the clear and then essentially like bastardizing things to make it fit. So at BNI, once I worked out what I wanted to do, I joined BNI, started my business, left a Mercedes. It was all going well. I had my 10 minute presentation where you have 10 minutes to explain about your business, etc. In a room full of 25 well-meaning, supportive, lovely, lovely people. Somebody asked me at the end of my 10 minutes, what does it mean to be clear? And I froze and I kind of laughed and oh, huh, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just clear and people can, can understand it. And you, you know, when you're just dying and they're all well-meaning people, I said, like, oh my God, I can't believe I don't have an answer for that. So I went away and I did what you were talking about there, but hopefully I didn't bastardize it too much. I'll explain it to you. So I learned, first of all, that where a word spelled, so you've got a word, each letter stands for something. Where it spells an intelligible word, it's called an acrostic. So an acronym is BBC, British Broadcasting Corporation, doesn't spell a word, but it stands for something, sometimes known as an initialism. An acrostic yeah. is where it spells a word. It's like the thing you do at school where you make a poem with your name, that kind of stuff. So I worked out that there's five things I need to see to know that something is clear. It has to be client focused. It has to be logical. It has to be engaging. It has to be accurate and it has to be results driven. And I can talk about all those five different elements without notes or preparation while looking at you perfectly in the lens there. And that should give you the sense that I know what I'm talking about, but that only came from me absolutely wanting the whole floor to swallow me up and die because somebody asked me what it meant to be clear. I was like, I don't actually know. And that's what I'm selling to people. So that was an interesting learning curve for me that morning. Going back to the 506 or seven elements, whatever I've got at the moment, what I wanted to do at the start was really take to heart this advice that I'd had about teaching people and understanding what I was doing. So I thought if I can just document what I'm doing and start to create these little individualized things, then surely I can create some kind of like a methodology here where I can combine things together. It's like a curriculum. And funnily enough, I do lecture on this now. I work with MIT and UCL and a few other places where I do actually lecture on this stuff. I'll give an example of a couple of them. So one of them in particular, one of my go-to ones, and just as a pre-warning, they're all incredibly simple and obvious, but you'll probably not do it. Well, some people are probably not doing them, which goes back to our comment about being easy, is the trigger point. So lots of us know who our avatar is, or we should do, our ideal client profile, ICP, these kinds of people, this type of business, blah, blah, blah. But what triggers them to need you? Where's the motivation? What's going to happen for them contextually? What are they thinking, saying, doing? Is it a date in the calendar? Is it an event where they're starting a business, a birth of a baby, whatever? 
what does that look like for those people? What's the trigger point? Because when you understand that, you can speak their language and you'll connect with them, but you also know when and how to reach them because if you know it's a certain thing, they'll be moving in certain ways and doing certain things. So trigger point is one of the first ones. I'll give you I'll give you one more. I can give you 500 more if you want, but I'll give you one more for now. I've got a whole spreadsheet. It's great. And another simple one, like a real easy takeaway for people listening or watching this, which is, and I call everything like the, insert name here, effect, pretty much. So I call it the defined problem effect. So if I turn around to you and said, hey, James, tell me what are the problems that you solve? List them out. There's two ways we could do this. And most people, if you're listening to this, if you think about if I've asked you this question, if I said, tell me about the problems you solve, you might give me an answer, but it's going to be an around the house as well. We, we do this and we do that, da, 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 which is kind of okay. But your buyer wants a really concise, short articulation so they feel like you're confident and in control. So when people ask me, and again, this came from me not being able to answer this question and learning the lesson myself, there's three problems I solve with clear sales message, simplifying complex offerings, differentiating in a crowded marketplace and helping people to justify the price if they've got a high value or an intangible service-based offering. So by listing out those three problems, that then allows people to connect with me and understand if I can help them or not. And it's the same for any business. So bringing, all, bringing these things together from the trigger point to defining the problems you solve, we can even have, a. I spoke about avatar, we can also have a negative avatar. So these are the people we don't want and there's great power in communicating that and being clear. We don't want these people. We do want these people, etc. That can really help you. But by pairing all of that down into individual components and then curating that into specific sections for whatever you're trying to do, that's proven really effective for a lot of my clients and students. And it just allows me to know that I'm just, I hate theory, basically. I hate perfect world theory from just the few things I've thrown out there. If people listen to this actually do them, it'll make a tangible difference in what they're up to. And that's where my focus is. And that's why one of my product lines is actually called practical sales training, because I want things to be practical, not theoretical. I love that. My frustration for years with training, working in big corporates, was that you'd spend a week at a training course and it'd all be theory-based, role-play type environments in a room. And you go out, my background was field sales. And then you'd go day one the next week on the Monday thinking, do you know what? Oh, that, that objection that I used to get all the time, I'm just going to easily overcome it now. And you go in and the, the interaction goes completely differently than what you trained. Mm. And you think, what a waste of time that training was. Mm. So again, like listening to your podcast and now the short snippets and there's practical takeaways each time. I love that because obviously you're practicing what you preach and there's lots of I training so. out there. It's, just, it's fluffy <laughs> and it's, it's sort of just yeah. trying to, it's, it's, it's sort of giving you knowledge about a certain area that's not going to actually help you to overcome any issues that you've got. So no, we're on the same page with that. I love it. So, you, you mentioned about the ICP, the ideal client profile that you train. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you said a lot of businesses have that. So I've, I, there's a lot of businesses. So my starting point with a lot of businesses is that they don't really know who the target client is. Yeah. I was speaking to somebody just last week who said that they, they used to do marketing, they used to do Facebook ads and they had to turn them off because they were too expensive. Mm -hmm. I said, well, who are you targeting them at? And they said, what do you mean? And <laughs> they, did, they, they, they had no idea. And that's the thing. And you said about the people they don't want. Like I yeah. always say, effective marketing is attracting those that you want, but almost more importantly, it's repelling the ones that you don't want. Yeah. So you're much more better off having, you know, a hundred of the ideal client that you can actually invest time and budget and resource and stuff into getting in front of than having a hundred thousand people that have got no interest in what you're doing, but you're paying to get eyeballs on your thing. doesn't mm -hmm. seem to make any sense. So what do you do with businesses? Do you work with businesses at the starting point if they're struggling to understand who their client avatar is? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And it's funny because I caveat that with, they should know. 
A lot of them don't. I do agree with you. A lot of them don't. (laughs) So yeah, no, we start with there. We need to look at the different, from a messaging point of view, we need to look at the audience types, who these people are, who these companies are, but then what they're really buying. So kind of the genesis for me of clear sales message is understanding that nobody's buying what you're selling. And we've heard this before, you know, sell the sizzle, not the sausage, blah, blah, blah. We're aware of this concept, but not a lot of people actually put this into practice. My take on it is sell the destination, not the journey. So I use the notion of airline adverts. If you see an airline advert, you very rarely see a plane or a plane seat in it. You see the Sandy Beach, Vegas, whatever. They understand that you're placing yourself contextually in that situation. That's what you want. They're changing the syntax, which is just a posh term for ordering, the ordering of focus in the communication. And it's a difference between would you like to buy a plane seat versus would you like a holiday? Almost sounds flippant me giving those two as the examples, but most people are trying to sell plane seats. And here's the mouse that I sell. Would you like to buy it? It's a great mouse. There we go. Versus actually connecting with people. So I help my buyers, my clients to understand their ICP, their ideal client profile, but then also what they're really buying. And then we create a theme. So all of their communication then has to pertain to this one theme and where possible, it's a word. So for me and my own business, it's actually confidence. So I don't necessarily say to people, hey, would you like to buy some confidence? But in everything that I do, it's skewed towards feeling in control, taking charge, not having any unknown. So it's the theme of confidence, but expressed in lots of different ways. And that's a nice shorthand way that I've found where if you have a theme for your communication, if you're sending an email, you're writing a social media post, whatever you happen to be doing, you know what's what. If you're looking at one of those really detailed kind of client briefs where it's like, well, they wear Wrangler jeans and they drive this and they drink this wine or whatever. I like, well, that's great. But how do I speak to them now in this email? It doesn't really translate for me. So having the theme allows you shorthand to communicate effectively with people. It's a bit like those personality testings you get, which I love them. I find them really fascinating, but I have an issue with them because they're not entirely applicable. So if I know you're a red and I'm a blue, whatever the terminology happens to be, unless I know how to change my behavior to act with you, it's not really of any value to me. It almost becomes entertainment rather than education. So this whole theming thing for me is really important. We'd have two or three or four different buyer types. These people are buying this and it's not a widget. It's confidence, peace of mind, whatever. These people are buying that. And then we talk to them accordingly. Very good. It's interesting that when you said about the red and the blue, being from Manchester, if anyone says you're a red or a blue, <laughs> nothing to do with your personality type at all. Shall I put myself in a breakout room or you're right? <laughs> no, 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 I'm all right. I'm just, I don't want to talk about football at the moment. It's, you know, that might give you an idea as to which side of the fence I'm on, if it's red or the blue. Um, <laughs> so with the, per- <laughs> the personality type thing is really interesting. So do you, mm. when you're dealing with clients, if they're looking at who they're trying to target, do you do anything, do you do anything that at all in terms of, this is the avatar of client and they, we are trying to attract a type of business person that is a, a yellow or red. Is, do, you, do you do anything like that or is it not that deep? I, I don't know. I, it doesn't go that deep because although there's value in it, like I say, the lack of actionability, it's probably a word, that's the thing that holds me back from that. Because if I tell you that we're looking for yellow people, how on earth do I know jumping on this call with you now, whether you're a yellow, a blue or a green, it's still a bit of an educated guess anyway. So the alternative for me is if I know that you're trying to buy peace of mind and security for your family and your children or whatever, and I use that to theme my communication, balance of probabilities tells me I'm far more likely to connect with you with that theme than wondering if you're a yellow and I should say this or talk in numbers or whatever. So for me, it's not connectable. I know lots of people do great work with it, so I don't want to decry it. It's just, it's not for me because it lacks the actionability factor that I'm looking for. 